These fucking teenagers, so right? I think, I think we got to say this is season two, right? We, yeah. we had our season one uh, tracked uh, Glee, Glee season one and Gossip Girl season three. Uh, we had uh, summer school, a brief summer school interlude uh, in which we did uh, series one and two of the UK show Skins. But now here we're back. Season two, version two of, uh, of, of, of Gossip Girl um, and uh, or of, of these fucking teenagers uh, starting in on uh, season four. Episode one of Gossip Girl, uh, leading the charge into the into the foray, the the transatlantic uh, uh, intrigue. Uh, I'm Ryan Shealy, coming to you from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and with me, as always, is Matt Rather. Once more into the breach, dear friends. Oh, and I'm, it feels good to be back, doesn't it, Matt? It really does. I, you know, skins. <laughs> I think you said this a couple episodes ago. You says, uh, you know, I, I like says skins. I sure says a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, you says, I like Skins, I'm going to let it finish, but Gossip Girl is one of the best teen soaps of all time. Of all time. I mean, and it's, it's really true. It's really, um, I, I'm glad we let, we, I, you know, I'm glad we let Skins finish. Um, but it's, it's just, why, you know, just, how did it make you feel to just, you know, to, to turn on the TV or fire up the waffles and, and just get back into, into the swing of things? I mean, oh, did I, you... I watched it on the TV. I went, I went full-on legit. I wouldn't steal Gossip Girl. I respect it too much. <laughs> you you want you you want to have to uh, you know watch the you, you want to give them revenue by having to watch ads for I don't know what, what's advertised during Gossip Girl you like know, I don't know because I DVR it so I I, I imagine it's <laughs> like you know skincare products and things like this right yeah I think it's skincare skincare products um, hair you know hair care things like this Nuva Ring <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, well, if you want to celebrate, if you want to celebrate the return of of Gossip Girl, or, or anticipate uh, your celebration at the uh, the return of Glee, which happens next week, uh, join the conversation. Uh, give us a call at twenty Fat Jog one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. Shoot us an email. Uh, you know, get the get the reading responses. Now that we are back in the uh, the regular semester. Um, you know, you are expected to take this course for credit. Uh, you are expected to submit reading responses for, um, you know, seven, seven of the 12 weeks this semester. And you can submit them to tftpodcast at overthinkingit.com um, and find us on the various uh, social uh, social and a social media uh, Twitter. Uh, we're at uh, we're at TFT Podcast. Um, so join the conversation. We're looking forward to uh, hearing what you thought of the first episode. And actually, um, if you, I have a feeling we have a lot of 
of new listeners since we were guests on the Gleeful podcast. And we really True. like that. We like those guys. We should go back on their show or have them on this show. We should have them on this show yeah. I mean, soon, maybe to, to break down, maybe even as soon as next week. Yeah, to, uh, celebra- to celebrate Glee because they are, you know, there's no one more devoted to that show than, uh, than those guys are. And yeah. they, they might enjoy actually being able to swear and uh, being able spoil. to, yeah, to spoil, you know, to spoil and swear, which we do unabashedly. Which is, this is a, a safe space for both swearing and spoiling. <laughs> so Omar fucking dies. O- Omar fucking dies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. Well, let's, here, let's, here's where I'd like to jump in, maybe. You know, so we, we discussed last week, you know, as we were um, letting, letting skins finish, um, we discussed, uh, the last thing we discussed uh, with respect to the Cassie episode in the, the Series 2 finale is the way in which... Um, Skins crossed the Atlantic and what uh, what New York represented uh, in, in Skins and how New York was portrayed in this kind of flattened, uh, almost a inverse version of the uh, of the view from Fifth Avenue New Yorker cartoon, sure. right? Um, and that it was a across the pond version of, of that, right? And so now, um, Gossip Girl uh, season uh, season four opened with Blair and. Um, and Serena in 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 Paris, um, and so let's let's talk a little bit about how Paris is portrayed, um, how it's uh, juxtaposed with New York, and you know what that what that tells us about um, you know the 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 spatial representation of power in New York that we were mapping out um, with with the, within the Cremaster field uh, created by the, the the Empire State Building and so now is there a um, is is the Cremaster field expanding uh, to be uh, to be bipolar including two not one but two phalluses of I, the yeah, of the Empire State Building and the um, uh, and the Eiffel Tower well, um, the, the the gossip girl narration sets up the dichotomy between left bank right bank uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of not left bank representing not intellectual and artistic life as you know as you might expect but sort of um, uh, you know, I don't know, cute-looking boys on Vespas, right? And the right bank <laughs> representing uh, kind of Fifth Avenue luxury shopping, things like that. I, I wondered if that that inventory of shops, right? That that sort of catalog of uh, of shops that we got in the episode was. Um, I wondered if those were all product placements, or if they were if they were doing that uh, as a uh, a stab at authenticity, you know, because like uh, th- th- that's something that they do with real with real place names and real uh, sort of trends in New York, right? So it's like I mean, it's a, that's a really good point. Of I mean. Uh, there must be a line, right? Because, like, when they, um, when Nate whips out his, um, you know, what is it, the the Microsoft uh, smartphone, the, yeah, kin, the kin, that's def- that's definitely a product placement, right? And the um, um, and the the constant Bing, uh, the, yes, the Bing use last season, and and uh, they went so far as to use the tagline, which was "and you're done," right? I'll just search <laughs> right. for Bing, and you're done. Um, whereas I think then it gets then you have a middle ground in gossip girl uh, product placement or things like the Empire Hotel, right? Which I mean, I, they must 
I mean, because that's like extremely good, um, good, good publicity for the for the empire. Um, well, I, other than the fact that uh, you know the, uh, the you know the bills aren't being paid, there's um, you know crazy wild um, tarted up parties there. So, but I guess that's you know that's part of the marketing strategy, right? Right. Um, and so, and now there's a meta marketing strategy, right? So Chuck Bass's marketing strategy for the uh, empire as like a bad boy prohibition an era kind of thing spills over to the real life empire hotel um sure and and so there's like so that's a i mean i I don't know the status of whether the um empire pays anything to be chuck bass's hotel um then then you get to the extreme end of like you know the name drop of like momofuku or um yeah or serafina i mean that's a name drop it's funny because there's a i mean there's a transfer of value right uh that is to say mentioning something in a um in a uh, television show involves a transfer of value and it can only go one way. So either the value is flowing out from the show into another product as with paid product placement or Mm -hmm. the show is trying to take value away from things that are current culturally like the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, it it goes up and down. There's some, um, there's some episodes that are really dense with allusion uh, and others that are not. Uh, quite as dense and are a little more soap opera-y. But in, the, in those cases, the, sh- the show is kind of uh, trying to kind of vampire-like suck, you know, the life force, the, cult- the cultural life force out of uh, other things in, out in the culture. You could say if they, if they did it only two days a week, it could be a real vampire weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really don't know why, what compelled me to do that, but um, I, just, I just felt I had to. Every time Gossip Girl starts, I, I queue up uh, a vampire weekend disc every new season. <laughs> It's like I celebrate, right? Like what we're celebrating is the new year. Um, you know that you know, uh, and it's it's actually good. The Gossip Girl season actually um, coincides with uh, with Rosh Hashanah, um, and so um, it's actually you know we can we can have our own rituals uh, for for the celebrating the return. You know, I wore a bow tie and listened uh, to Walcott, uh, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 yeah, but I, I would actually say something else though before I, I, I took us in that direction is and, and this is also a little bit of a, a digression. You know, a great piece. There's a great uh, shouts and murmurs in the New Yorker this week in the style issue about uh, hipster Brooklyn. By the way, in case uh, our listeners care to to look that up. I'll, oh, also, I, actually, also a profile of Mark Zuckerberg where it's mentioned that he hangs out at the Ace Hotel. Awesome, awesome. Now, does he like? Do you think he is? He, do you think he is a suite or is he in the laptop factory? Like, um, I wonder what part of the Ace Hotel he hangs out at. You know, those um, those benches in the lobby are so deep. The couches are so deep that like you you almost have to sit cross legged on the couch with your laptop on your lap in order to be comfortable, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. In order to be even a little bit comfortable, um, and it's 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 really interesting, right? It's like some of these fashion trends um, that uh, are cool because they're uncomfortable, or something like that. I mean, because it is just it's a terrible place to work, um, and yet there are people who are, I mean, at least pretending they're at least you know hanging out to sit with a with a you know their MacBook Pro on their lap. Um, but um, you know, before you know, this is not a, a, a podcast uh, about these fucking hipsters per se. Um, but before I, I we sorry, go back I, I, to these we didn't, fucking yeah, we didn't. Sorry, we didn't finish your thing. Oh, make the point you want to well, make, and then I'll. I just want. I just want to, to say something. Well, well, I'm going to talk about something else. Uh, else, not relevant. Uh, not directly relevant, but relevant to the discussion of um, 
product placement is what you were describing is just an interesting contrast um, in some sense, senses to Mad Men um, in terms of the ways in which um, – because Mad Men is a show about advertising. Um, and so that's something that else that like almost breaks it down in a really hard-to-decipher kind of Kind of way, um, like when they do Heineken in the '60s, is that a high, is that a product placement for Heineken now? Um, you know, and when they're doing the Life Cereal account, when they're doing um, Honda, like to what extent are those? Because that they're in that case, they're not they're they're not um, exactly taking the current cultural cachet of of a, a product or a brand, um, and they're not also not. Exactly engaging in product placement. This was, um, I mean, this was much discussed in the first uh, season of Mad Men, and I think in that first season, like, uh, oh god, it was a bourbon or something. It was like, uh, uh, it was like Jack Daniels, maybe. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was um, that was the actual paid product placement, and none of the other products were paid. Were, were paid appearances, and Jack Daniels didn't even appear that much. I think you see it. You're seeing. We're seeing it more again this season. Um, I mean, just the most recent episode. Don was like drinking a as he's like writing in his uh, his journal, right? Uh, his 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 journal, um, uh, uh-huh. uh, which is a guy journal, by the way. Um, he he's you know drinking a Budweiser, uh, eating some dinty more beef stew, um, which right. is which is uh, it's just interesting. So I think that. It, it's an interesting relationship between brands and consumer culture um, and and the production and, and reproduction of culture. Um, and both are, are New York shows. And, you know, again, there's not, you know, many fucking teen- – there's not really any fucking teenagers on um, – on Mad Men, you know, within a few seasons, Sally Draper will be a fucking teenager, um, so maybe we'll be able to talk about this uh, on the on this show um, because it is really the other show of our time. Gossip Girl and Mad Men are really the, uh, <laughs> and I mean, well, because The Wire is not active, um, that uh, maybe maybe we'll start comparing Gossip Girl uh, to Mad Men more now that we've probably beaten The Wire horse uh, well well past the point we we beat it to death and then back to life um, and then back to death again. Um, <laughs> Omar is riding the wire horse in the uh, in the great beyond. I wanted to talk a little more about Paris. I mean, I w- my answer to yeah. you, my answer to you was that there's a there's a kind of dichotomy there. I mean, there are two sort of uh, testicular, you know, um, <laughs> masses, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, flanking the the grand phallus of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, mm-hmm. This kind of uh, this kind of intellectual Paris, or or more appropriately, kind of style section, kind of mm-hmm. Thursday style. Style section Paris and um, does the time still print that I think maybe they've axed that one uh, and you can then, get it on your Kindle um, <laughs> and then shopping and then uh, shopping Paris but I was I was um, I was more struck by how affluent and how lily white uh, Paris is right the Paris, <laughs> the Paris in Gossip Girl is a Paris where even the chauffeur uh, right, right. A, you know, right. They thing. weren't they weren't up uh, in the white, like uh, out in the 18th arrondissement or anything like that. Like with right. the uh, you know with the West African immigrants. Um, but I mean, the New York of Gossip Girl is pretty lily white as as well, right? Um, you know, they're not they're not chilling in uh, in 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 Flushing or um, Jamaica Queens or you know like the like the actual you know parts of brooklyn that are the majority of brooklyn as opposed to the thin you know the thin uh, strip uh on the on the coastline right right 
Um, I think it was interesting just thinking about the the the, the sort of geography, the geographical space, um, is that. Right in in Manhattan, I mean, you know, when we were talking about the idea of the cremaster field, as as um, it was developed in the um, season finale of Gossip Girl, is that you know the island of Manhattan is this is 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 a um, cylindrical field that is punctuated in the middle by um, two you know very famous uh, you know Art Deco skyscrapers of uh, the the Empire State Building the Chrysler Building um, and both are kind of used to to create this you know sense of an emergent form right um, and a, a a process of development um, and what's and, and and is bounded this island is bounded by rivers right and that you know that space of um, you know how these axes are formed is a lot a large um, part of the politics of space in Gossip Girl. Of you know you know in season one it's it's um, Manhattan Brooklyn um, as well as in season two to an extent um, and then season three it became uptown downtown and there's a little bit of an east west kind of thing. And what's interesting about Paris is that Paris in some sense is a is a circle right is 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 just like kind of one nut that is is bisected um by a river um and the phallus is in the middle of the of the bisected nut uh, <laughs> and, and uh i i wish i wish there was actually a point to all this talk of phalluses and nuts but um it's just an excuse for me to say that um no but i think that it's it's different right that that the there's a few differences that you know that um, that 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 Paris spirals outward in a kind of snail shell pattern, right? Like the the arrondissements uh, count up in a way that like looks like a um, like the the curve of a uh, you know of a, of a snail shell, I'm, I'm and not, I think that's Nautilus. A Nautilus, exactly, um, and I think that that's you know we're very much working in the in the in the inner area, right? We see what we see the Louvre, we see um, the the Orsay, um, you know, we see a few, we see the shopping district. So we're like pretty much hanging along the river, um, and I don't know. I think that at least in this vision of Paris, it's a you know the two sides of the river, you know, roughly line up to a you know, a Manhattan Brooklyn divide as they're portrayed in the world of gossip girl. Um, and it shows that in both cases, this is like actually kind of a narcissism of small differences. Um, and that there's, or almost a narcissism of little to no differences that, you know, the real difference is outside of the, the actual field that is constructed. Sure. Um, I don't know. That's, uh, so, so that the, what else? Royalty. Um, we have some royalty uh, in the picture, which I, I don't know. I actually, so actually, just to go back. So actually, before we go back to what's interesting about this episode, I think it struck me that a lot of the actual plot points um, were were pretty rehashed. Um, you know, we're pretty much like. We saw this in season one or two kind of stuff. Like, oh, I'm with a – like, Blair is, like, royalty chasing. Blair and Serena are fighting about colleges, right? Like, they did this with Yale um, Yeah. early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, the idea that Blair has yet to come into her own, you know, as, a, uh, as an adult is um, – or as a young adult, I guess, is, is a little tired. Blair, honestly, is a little tired. Uh, insecure, whiny Blair. It really gets, uh, uh, really chaps my hide. Whereas, whereas you know, scheming Machiavellian Blair, I can't get enough of. You know, 
Right. And so, but I mean, I think this is like a real issue, right? That they've kind of, you know, they've, they've worked out their permutations, right? I feel like, I don't know, um, for them to really do something interesting with Blair, they'd have to like, like, I guess, well, I guess this is because all of the plot lines, you know, ultimately, um, resort back, you know, kind of reduce back to romantic entanglements, right? They've really worked out, you know, Nate Blair and, uh, Blair Chuck. And so I feel like, you know, the only, the only, and we've talked about this before, the only pairing that's kind of left on the table is Blair Dan. Um, and they've kind of written that out, right? They've like, you know, they've had these, you know, small moments of understanding, um, between the two of them, but there's, there's really like, but that's they, more, they, I mean, that's that's portrayed in a lot of cases more as realpolitik, right? Like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But right, exactly. And I, you know, it's funny that you talk about a return to the first season. We're kind of back to Dan Serena in a way, right? Because uh, uh, the the implication I think is that if it weren't for uh, Dan's baby daddiness, um, it would be uh, that he would be with Serena, right? Yes, well, and and I think that's right. But I think that Vanessa looks like Vanessa is back in the picture as well, um, which actually is, leads me to actually like uh, to you know I, I, I'm going to say this publicly right now. Um, you can keep me the record. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and be a I'm going to ship I'm going to ship uh, Blair Dan. I'm a Blair Dan shipper. Um, <laughs> it's like the outside. It's like the same way I play like horse racing. Like I picked the I picked the long on horse. Uh, it usually runs into the wall. The last time I went, I bet on horse racing uh, at Sports Haven in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the the horse I bet on. Um, was the long odds, and it literally like ran into the wall coming out of the gate, which is I think what this prediction will do. But it's, <laughs> um, I mean, because other than that, right? All that they do is this is like a, a an issue with with Gossip Girl is that they the in, like in the same way that there's only so many places that they can expand Gossip Girl to. Like they have their they have their cast, right? They have their core cast, and everyone else is a recurring guest star, right? So um, any other um, person who enters the sphere, um, you know, is basically found out not to belong, right? That that's most what most like um, recurring guest stars can't hang in this world, right? The they're they're either fake, they um, yeah, Rufus you know, they they they, they break they break the rules, right? I'm thinking about like um, oh Hillary Duff. I'm thinking about uh, Trilly's son. Trip. Yeah, tri- trip, trip, Vanderbilt, um, and a lot of even other lesser characters. There was a what? There was a fake prince at some point. Yeah, Paul, um, Paul Hoffman. The, yeah, uh, the you know Yale dramat student or what? Right. NYU Tisch student. Right. So I mean that we so we kind of know that like you know this Prince of Monaco. We've got we, he's got another two episodes in him max, right? And then the I think the 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 this like and we'll talk about this like weird stalker character that is you know she probably has about four episodes in her um i was actually th- i what i wrote in the wave if i don't know if you looked at the wave was uh how long do you think that the uh georgina baby mama drama has? well so this is an interesting thing though so georgina is um a really interesting exception to this because georgina has been a um a constantly recurring character, right? She's one of the few. Uh, Georgina um, and Carter Bazin are actually 
the two characters that I can think of that actually have, um, I believe, appeared that are not in um, every episode, right? Are not regular stars on the show, um, but have appeared in every single season of the show, which I think is really interesting. Um, and and I think it says something about how they relate to the to the social order um, that's established within the show, um, because I think that. So you know the, I, I I mean I don't know I think that we'll, we'll see how this plays out but I actually I don't I I mean I think that we we're the, the only... baby the the baby mama drama is 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 going to be around right because she basically and this is like pretty obvious um going going into it, that there's like a a cuckoldry scheme going on right um there is some there's some paternity uncertainty and it's pretty obvious that he ain't the baby daddy um. That there's like a rush, right? My understanding from the the brief like um, Russian, um, uh, yeah, my the, the, the my Russian, Russian is a little rusty, but uh, you know but, I, what I gleaned from it was was that well, yeah, was that that um, there's a there's a Russian baby daddy, and she agreed to pawn the baby off and bounce, right? Yeah, and well, right, and that I'll bet the Russian baby daddy. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay. Uh, I'm gonna lay odds. I'm gonna lay two to one odds that he's a mobster. I think so. I mean, again, being being the knowing, uh, having already uh, expressed my betting strategy, I'm gonna bet that it's Vanya, uh, <laughs> Dorota's <laughs> husband. Um, you know, this is a soap opera after all, so this is not the like, the worst prediction I can make. Um, but uh, yeah, he's probably a mobster. There's probably going to be some mobster shit going on. Uh, I say about let's let's say about nine seasons. About like let's say let's let's say like um, mid season finale, um, mobster stuff. Dan gets shot. <laughs> Dan, Dan dies. <laughs> Dan dies. Dan um, dies. Yeah. Blair, Blair nurses him back. Wow, we're just fanficking this shit at this point, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, Blair nurses him back to health, literally. Huh? She nurses with, him. With, with boobs. <laughs> with with boobs. <laughs> he impregnates. He impregnates Blair because her breast milk is the only thing that can <laughs> cure his gunshot wound. Wow! Now now we're doing uh, fetish fanfic on the uh... <laughs> fetish. Like it's kind of like fetish sci-fi fanfic um, <laughs> because uh, her boobs shoot lasers as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that, but why, I, uh, you know, we, we predict, we predict because it is part of the ritual. It is part of the ritual of, of, of Gossip Girl New Year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Absolutely. On Gossip Girl New Year, it's not that you make a resolution. You make a series of, uh, you make a series of bets on, um, <laughs> you know, on what will happen on the show. Um, so what else, what else, what else yeah, jumped I mean, out You're here? right in that, the, the, we've kind of gone through all the, um, all the romantic entanglements that we can have. Um, this is why, I mean, this is why the X-Files was successful as far as it went in that it never, ever, ever, I think until the movies gave you the Mulder Scully, you know, hookup, right? Like, uh, uh, because tension, you can, you can elongate forever, uh-huh. but uh-huh. you know, a happy couple doesn't make, um, doesn't make for good drama and an unhappy couple. Well, how much can you watch that really yeah no i think that that's i think that that's right and i think that i mean in some ways there's a there's a kind of a, a combinatorics that's going on here right that gossip girl 
they they wrote themselves into a corner from the get go by having a principal cast of what like six really right um, yeah three three boys three girls of, in the teenage cast and one set of them are um, are are uh, well I guess no I guess I guess Vanessa is now right I mean Jessica Zor is now a um, counts as as a central member of the cast yeah. right. Because um, she started out a little more like in a recurring guest star, scar, uh, re- guest star kind of mode, sure. right? Um, so I guess that the core is is are those six, and then Jenny is a kind of you know the the seventh the seventh player on the team, um, and who subs in occasionally, right? I guess she's going to be back. I mean, on on the blogs, I've seen you know pictures of uh, Taylor Momsen shooting. Um... Can you can you tell what color her eyes are? Uh, <laughs> I, I love that joke. I mean, that was a, that's like the same way that they like. Um, actually, you know, there's a similar joke in in the world of Lost um, about um, oh, I forget the actor's name, um, the guy who played the mayor in uh, in the Dark Knight. Um, it was it was known in the world of uh, Lost as Guyliner, um, and uh, because in the uh, in, in you know, he has really stunning eyes. Um, uh, sorry, um, that's barely relevant. Um, <laughs> no, but if you uh, if you if you Google um, Richard or Richard Alpert is the name of the character, the actor's name Nestor Carbonell. Um, he, he it's really hard to tell what who uh, whether Nestor Carbonell or uh, Taylor Momsen wear more uh, eye, eye makeup. Um, just another fun fact uh, about uh, Jenny Humphrey is that uh, maybe I'll bump maybe I'll bump into her this weekend because I'm going to a, a wedding in Hudson, New York. So I'll, I'll make sure to go to uh, visit Dan's mom and. Uh, uh, and and hit up Jenny for some pills. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> she's an international. Uh, she's an international drug dealer. I mean, I think her role on the show has been kind of curtailed because. What the hell are you doing over there? Um, you know, just just looking at pictures of Nestor Carbonell's eye makeup definitely made me, um, you know, start rubbing my balls on the microphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just um, if, if you must know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, to, to, she was given a little a little break from the show to get her music career, and I guess she has a kind of Evanescence esque, you know, um, uh, album coming out. I always think of music like that as a as a throwback. And she's also been talking shit about Miley Cyrus and things like that, about how how none of the kids want to rock anymore, how it's all this uh, <laughs> sort of pop music, right? No one wants to be a bad badass fifteen year old rocker chick like her, you know, in the uh, Oh, I don't know, in the garter belts and the the black eyeliner and such, <laughs> and the uh, and 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 the silly bands. Um, <laughs> well, you know the different. You get the different animals for different sex acts that you perform. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's silly bands meet meet rainbow party. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the sh- I wonder what the shark refers to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's dirty. It wasn't invented when we were teenagers. That's definitely true. Um, yeah, so let's see. So, yeah, I think- back, should we come back to New York? Or do you want to talk about uh, – we, we mentioned royalty. Do you want to talk about the royal plot a little bit? This was – you see, the royal plot was uh, – uh, it was so transparent that it was, in essence, like – it kind of was a – you see, if Blair has not learned to read herself and her surroundings uh, as well as we – uh, have learned to read her and her surroundings. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, then it's not, uh, then, then she ceases to be interesting, I think, right? It's almost like there are two Blairs, but sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, I think that that's right. And I think that, I mean, this is an, I mean, this gets back to how we went into the, the discussion on the, you know, combinatorics. It's that at this point, right? So it's on one hand, one understands why they um, broke up Chuck and Blair, be you know because then there's the you know the will they won't they get back together tension that they'll string out for the most of the rest of this season but i mean i think that it's 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 interesting that the, the character of blair i don't know what this says about the show or about the writing or about us that i mean i think the character of blair is most interesting when paired with with Chuck, right? That that um, whether that is like whether they're not together, but just the and as a combination of you know I think the chemistry um, between um, um, uh, uh, the the actors who uh, my brain is just like diarrheaing, Leighton and Ed, right? Um, that I think it's a little bit due to their chemistry and a little bit due to you know, something that's written in, right? Because this is like, you know, Blair is lost and at sea, right? And so like both like the character and our, like the like effectiveness as the character, as a character to watch, or like they're, they're kind of in the same place, right? It's, it's a not, you know, she's not, you know, really hidden the one-liners. Although when she pushed Blake Lively, when she pushed uh, Serena into the, uh, the fountain, that was pretty um, awesome. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, 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 it's interesting because Blair is one of the, you know, one would argue when Blair's in top form, she's like the, you know, along with Chuck, the best thing about the show. Um, and, and if the, if Blair is not working anymore, um, is, is that reason for concern? <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I feel like, like, where is the, where will the, you know, beyond the, the profound sociological insights, where will the entertainment be coming from in the world of God, Gossip Girl? Because this is, this is in fact a, a piece of entertainment as much as it is also a, a uh, profound sociological document. Right. Um, yeah, you know, and because it's not, it's not coming from, uh, it's not coming from Dan and Serena. I actually heard that I, I read on the blogs that Blake Lively wanted to leave the show because she's so fucking bored with the storylines. And like last year, I mean, there was right, it's like, well, I guess what this is after like doing a movie with Ben Affleck, John Hamm, and uh, Jeremy Renner. It's like, wow, I'm ready for the big leagues, and none of this, none of this, uh, you know, minor league shit. Yeah, she could, she could go the way of uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Misha Bar. Martin, right from the OC, uh, she can you know get killed in a fiery car accident um, and uh, go on to a film crew. Wait, what? Spoilers. Yeah, what? Misha, Misha Barton. You know when she left the OC, but she's not uh, she's not done anything since then. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, that's that's a, that's a bind for I mean because all the all the uh, actors are trying to branch out into into other things whether that is music careers or or acting careers right there's and that's interesting that at least half of the um, the the stars of Gossip Girl have music careers on the side right in addition to to um, Taylor Momsen Leighton Meester had a pretty ill advised uh, foray into into the actually the exact kind of like auto tuned pop that um, that Taylor is is dissing um, and then Ed Westwick is in a um, a pretty awesome a pretty Experiment- awesome band experimental noise collective 
it's a experimental uh, dance punk uh, 80s revival band, but they're pretty awesome. Um, what is the band called, Brian? Um, Google tells me that they're called the, the Filthy Youth, um, which is very appropriate as well. Um, they've got a, I've listened to them for a little while, but they, they, they definitely have this very, right. Because Ed, Ed Westwick is, is British and they, they sound British. They, they sound British of a approximately five years to go variety of a, of a kind of Franz Ferdinand, um, esque kind of, um, uh, variety. And it works really well. Um, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that Chuck is alive, um, to be honest. I mean, I guess we can, we can double back to, to Blair, but I, I what did you think? of the uh the the kaiser soze uh 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 kind of chuck bass looking around the room and and constructing his name like uh kobayashi um yeah it's interesting we wonder what happened you know we wonder what happened to chuck right like this is i think going to be the subject of the next episode because it, I, I guess chuck gets discovered by some of the other characters we saw on the uh, on the scenes from the next episode I, I, yeah, again, this is like the where you know the the kind of pacing, the the more macro and mezzo level gossip girl. I wish, like, you know, it would be it would be a lot cooler for that have to have like been to have actually had parallel wor- worlds for from for some time, right? To have like Chuck Bass be around, um, but but presumed dead, um, as opposed to them like hanging on to that for one episode um you know again the 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 macro level is where gossip girl fails um and and you see those seams um pretty pretty strongly at the season premieres right because they end the seasons with these massive cliffhangers um and then they've like pretty much tied all of them up at this point right yeah in the first 30 seconds like what is you know what i mean what has happened to chuck what is the deal with the uh with the baby uh, right. I mean, the birth of the baby is a whole, you know, a, a, a different show would make make hay with that. Right. 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 Um, but that's interesting. Right. Because, like, we never see Gossip Girl between the months. Like, we don't see what happens between the months of what? Like. And and August basically we don't see what happens, um, and that's what that's one thing I really love about um, the the teen soap format because you know I have like never left the uh, protective womb of academia. Like I really you know we, I, I've been joking about Gossip Girl New Year, but like really I mark my calendars uh, from you know September to September um, in in terms of the new year. Um, that is the salient change in time for me, right? You you. Um, at least while you're in school, you're, um, you're advancing. Um, and you know, that you're in academic time, you're always moving forward, um, within a, uh, relatively structured progression, progression. Um, so I think, you know, that's, what's fun about, um, the, the gossip girl. And I presume Glee will do this as well, that you, you know, you start back up at, at the new school year, right? And the new school year is this time where there's a little bit of a holdover what happened with what happened, um, at the end of the school year, but everyone's done their thing over the summer. You know, you've spent your summer vacation in some ways. Um, and so it's, it's always a chance to kind of refresh a little bit while, while hanging it, uh, uh, while having a little bit of hangover, but it's, it, at the same time leaves a little bit of this frustration for, um, for gossip girl. Like you almost wish that a show like gossip girl 
orgly were, were year round shows, right? That they just dispensed with this whole model of um, you know the regular TV season and then reruns over the uh, over the summer and just did. Um, a a nonstop show, you know, a fifty two a fifty two week season. Well, okay, so Chuck has been uh, Chuck has been kind of living the amnesiac life, traveling second class and buying burner phones, right? Blair and Serena have been parasing it up. Georgina had the baby, and Dan's been taking care of it at the Brooklyn Loft. Uh, presumably, we, we, I mean, uh, uh, ostensibly with no. Um, yeah, Rufus, like parent of the year again. Three years, three years running. Rufus Humphrey, best dad. Um, like unbelievable. Like for someone, you know, I think like he has like the highest like discrepancy discrepancy between how good of a parent he thinks he is and how good of a parent he actually is, right? Like yeah. you know, this is like a dad who like someone like you know someone who has a child, uh, you know, a a a teen father, um, drug dealing uh, daughter. Um, and a variety of other, you know, litany of accomplishments should not have beyond. Yeah, no, a love child and estranged, his- an estranged love child, right? Yeah, I mean, he should have been knocked off of his like you know high horse long ago, and yet um, I mean I guess that it, it says something about parents, right? Like this is like in the same way, you know. I guess we we can reflect on what we. Um, you know what skins taught us, um, uh, and, and the new lenses that skins bringing to the the viewing of Gossip Girl is that you know because we've primarily viewed parents in Gossip Girl as a um, just like a parallel social structure, right? And because the structure of Gossip Girl has the grown up plot lines, has always had grown up plot lines that um, both are parallel to and then intersect with the teenage plot lines, um, we viewed them as, as separate spheres. But like there is like a sense of that you know. Um, you know that bad, bad parenting matters, right? And that the you know, that it, with both Rufus and Lily, we get kind of you know master classes in the varieties of bad parenting. Um, sure. And 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 I think that that is, except, is something except that it's done. It's it's actually in a way for all of the kind of uh, purported social verisimilitude of skins, right? It's actually uh, portrayed, I think, in a way more realistically. In right. Gossip Girl, because you know the bad parents and Skins are, are are played for comic effect. I I don't think that Skins. The more well, I think about well, it, well, they're the, played for comic effect and for um, psychological determinism, though, right? That that's the main role of um, of, of parents. Of, I mean, skins, the, right? the, more, the more I think about Skins, the more I think the message of the show is that that you can't actually solve any of these problems. You know that these are, that these are just a, a, a condition um, based on the structure of of the social organization. And right. uh, you know, so you gotta you gotta keep that devil down in the hole, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that gossip girl, there's there's room at least among the aristocrats for for something resembling agency. But it's right, not- right. No, it's 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 right. It's structuration, right? The socio uh, the British sociologist Anthony Giddens refers to as structure uh, structuration. That it's the his way of resolving the. Um, the structure agent debate, which is like huge in in the social sciences, um, and and that Gossip Girl is a is a middle way um, between the relatively agency agent centered framework of a, of a Glee and the you know very kind of structure based frameworks of um, you know uh, Skins or or the Wire, right? Um, right sure. And 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 in some sense, this process of of structuration, I mean, it brings me back. 
uh, you know, as much as I, I the the cremaster field was a, a, a throwaway thing, right? I mean, the cremaster cycle itself is about the cell, this, a sense of, of structuration, right? That it's about you know the the, the cremaster cycle um, is about many things, but it's about the descent of the testicles, um, <laughs> ultimately, right? It's about adulthood. It's about the creation of of adulthood of of, of mature gonads. Um, and so is Gossip Girl. Um, it's about it's a show about gonad creation. Um, about growing, growing a pair, uh, really. The, the the bad parenting in Gossip Girl is is. <laughs> you really don't want to follow me down this rabbit hole, do you? <laughs> is presented uh, with. Trust such... me, I will be right. I will be right. <laughs> Go on. The bad parenting in Gossip Girl is uh, presented with such um, self righteousness. You know, yes. with such sanctimony uh, about parenting that, in a way, I think it's a I, I think it's a more realistic portrait of of parenting. Um, no one says that they're a worse than average driver, right? Like every everyone, if you ask everyone whether they're a below average, average, or above average driver, everyone will say. And by everyone, I mean you know. Uh, the what three quarters or eighty percent bulk of people will say, "Oh, I'm a little above average. I'm a I'm a slightly above mm. average driver," um, which you know, despite being statistically impossible, you know, <laughs> to, you know, not everyone can be above average. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I mean, there's there's that case with like people's assessment of their own income as well, right? Like that, yeah. you know, what what like you know. Some absurd um, proportion of Americans consider themselves to be middle class, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Right. Exactly. Or at this point, maybe upper middle class. Right. Well, I, I mean, I don't know about that. That's. I mean, the American, the kind of American conception of class is something that I wish we could get into. And Gossip Girl provides us a, uh, you know, a window into it because if you are really working class, there is a kind of aspirational quality to mm-hmm. uh, calling yourself middle class. And if mm-hmm. you are really very wealthy, there's a. Um, uh, there's a there's a sense of of what of kind of not showing off, you know. Well, right. I mean, like only in New York um, are are someone like the Humphreys, like you know, middle class uh, or like lower class. Uh, God forbid, right? Like you know, you have a loft in in like near the river Brooklyn. You know, you're you're not um, you're not middle America. Um, you know middle class by any you know that's you know a a loft in a loft in dumbo is um you know a a mcmansion in you know middle america right yeah you know loft and a gallery right i mean that's like you're doing all right right like and so that's but i mean because in beyond the world of gossip girl constructing that like that is a perception like new york itself has a very um skewed sense of of class relations i think say more about that well so i think it's about i mean um it boils down to to real estate prices, right? That like um, in, a, in a certain sense, that I mean, it's a combination of, of real estate prices, so that you know you have like long term New Yorkers, right? So people who actually because there's kind of you know two types of like people in the kind of mid island you know, like Manhattan, Brooklyn, New York, like the parts of New York that are depicted in Gossip Girl, in like the real world, um, there's kind of I mean, well, I guess there's the there's the super rich who who exists, and then outside of like the the class of people that, that are depicted um, in in Gossip Girl, you have like you know various kind of 
families of you know, pro- professionals with families um, who are like you know in terms of their like consumable income like middle class in some sense right like their available um, income for consumption is middle class because of the cost of housing and sending children to school in New York City. Sure. Um, and then you have like the other kind of middle class. Uh, and so that's like one part of the New York middle class. Um, and then the other part of the New York middle class is, um, you know, like young is yuppies, right? Um, is, is, you know, myself when I lived in New York, um, and, and when I go there, uh, when I cross the boundary from, um, the bank robbery, bank robbery capital of America, um, to, uh, to New York, um, you know, is, is, is young professionals, you know, making, um, you know, high five, uh, to, you know, high five to, to low six figures, right? Um, which again, well, yeah, given I mean, the, co- the cost to, of housing. To sort of, uh, sure, even to kind of low mid to six figures. Right, right, right. That's on. still like, that's still middle class in New York. Right, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're right that the, the fixed costs of living there are so high. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? That to, to, uh, live there with, with what, um, what anywhere else would be an astronomical uh, astronomical salary, uh, even then, often involves a lot of compromises, like living yeah. with, living with roommates, long roommates, or a, or a studio. It's either like a tiny apartment yeah. or an apartment in a terrible place, right. or a or roommates, like well, 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 like you say, well past um, when folk when when one should be living with roommates. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, should is an interesting uh, thing here too, because I mean, I think that the the kind of the the American norm is not really ideal for us. Though, you know, I uh, you know, the idea that everyone kind of strikes out on their own needs a uh, you know needs their own needs their own space. I mean, this is not how it works in in Europe. But anyway. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess I say should be because um, I generally disdain living with roommates. Um, so I think that everyone um, should also disdain the same thing. Um, I don't know. It's uh, although, yeah, that's that, I don't I don't know if there's really anything to be had um, in in roommates. Um, I don't know. Where else are we in in this episode? What else um, have we hit? We've hit the. Uh, uh, we've had bad parenting. We didn't really we've talk had... about. We didn't really talk about the weird stalker. I, I just want to mention. It's, it's only gestured to, right? I mean, yeah. uh... well, and we don't know who he is, uh, who she is, rather. I, I, um, I had a, I had a bit of a thought, which is this gossip girl, you know. That's. Uh, I mean, I, I, you're. I, I feel like you're almost supposed to believe that, right? Yeah, because it's like she's tracking all of these things. But, I, but I have a feeling the gossip girl doesn't care that much about you know the thing she's blogging about. Um, but I, I wanted to. It would change, man. It would, it would really kind of break the show in a certain way, right? Um, it would. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be good, though. I mean, I mean, this is what we were getting back to when we were talking about, like, has Gossip Girl exhausted its possibilities? Like, I feel like they, like, it would be, I would love for Gossip Girl to, like, pretty much rupture in a really radical way um, and to become, like, something, like, an entirely different show because it kind of needs to at this point. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm very excited for it to be back, but the, you know... The the middle won't hold. Um, that that the, there's they need to, there needs to be a new permanent 
part, like, you know, introduced, right? And, like, you know, short of, um, you know, gaying one of the characters, going down an incest plot line, um, really pairing up Blair and Dan in a, in a substantial way, like, we've kind of, we've, we've kind of rung the changes, right? I, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's true. I want to mention one thing about the stalker that I, I, okay. I was trying to get it out before, but you kept fucking interrupting me. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, – what can I say? Um, I think what I have to say is a lot more interesting than what you have to say. <laughs> <The> stalker, <laughs> when she was in the restaurant, the stalker was reading The House of Mirth by, oh, right. Edith, by Edith Wharton, which is, which is another thing. I mean I wonder actually if we should credit the art department in Gossip Girl with a lot more – uh, intelligence than the writers sometimes, though. Though huh. you know anyone, uh, a- anyone who can make Blair quote from from Nina in Chekhov's The Seagull, uh, th- that that's a writer's room that is you know deserving of our respect. But um, anyway, The House of Mirth. Uh, get the movie. It has speaking of X Files. It has Gillian Anderson in it. Nice. Um, is a, a book about a, a girl named Lily Bart who has all kinds of social possibilities. Yeah, I know, Bart, right? Yeah, no, 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 Lily Bart, right? I mean, at this point, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think the Gossip Girl writers are big Edith Wharton fans, right? <laughs> if, you, if you stole, like, you know, names of two major characters from, from a book, like, that's not a coincidence, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, that well could be true. Anyway, she has sort of... Um, expectations to enter society uh she doesn't have any fortune but she is is very beautiful and is kind of bred well and you know um but which means by the way brought up well it doesn't mean uh has good ancestry but um you know uh (laughs) like a horse yeah we talked a lot lot about horses this episode go on exactly um <laughs> she uh but she but she has kind of a restless spirit and kind of an art- artistic temperament a little bit and can't bring herself to make um certain of the compromises that you have to make in order to enter society like marrying a boring rich man or things like this <laughs> and she um she is about to go with one uh and it's it the the passage is great they're in a they're in a train car together and she kind of um sets up dinner in the dining the dining car of things like this for him and like you know cuts off his slice of the roast and serves it and kind of describes her mastery of the of the sort of domestic s- sphere and how um uh this guy is totally socially inept and and how uh what comfort he takes in her ability to just kind of manage everything and uh she um she just can't. She just can't do it. Great detail. Uh, that guy is, uh, is the heir to a fortune made by uh, made by his father, who invented a machine that excludes fresh air from rooms in houses. Uh, keeps all the keeps all the outside air out, and only the stale indoor air um, in. And so she. Um, uh, she ends up borrowing money to keep up her lifestyle, which places mm. her in a uh, so that she, uh, you know what I mean. She's keeping the tags in her in her clothes too, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah. And she, uh, so she forms an alliance with a much richer guy. Ends up borrowing money from him, is unable to pay it back, and kills herself uh, when she can't pay it back because to borrow money would place her under a presumably sexual obligation to the guy, which she finds, um, uh, uh, which she finds unbearable because for all of her kind of Machiavellian scheming to enter society, she actually has a kind of a, she's very pure of heart in, in this kind of, uh, 
you know, in this kind of way. It's not, we're a long way from like, from the age of innocence. We're a long way from the Edith Wharton of the age of innocence, uh, which is entirely satirical, which is, I mean, the age of innocence is, you know, the gossip girl of its day. Yeah. This, I mean, this sounds to me, I mean, I don't know a lot about Edith Wharton, but like aspects of this, um, remind me a little bit of, um, Sister Carrie, right? A little bit of like, I mean, you could, I'd love for you to tell me how they're, you know, they're, they're different, right? Because like, you know, Dreiser is a lot more of this kind of waif amidst forces kind of um, um, naturalist um, approach. But like aspects of that kind of getting, getting in the game, getting in the game too deep um, and, and, and not being able to get out. Um, there strikes me as being similarities um, or, or, but, but what are the, what are the kind of differences? Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about Dreiser. He's he's kind of out of my kind of out of my area. Edith Wharton <laughs> is out of my area as well, for what it's worth. But right, but like it's like like Edith Wharton like has enough little pieces that are like uh, appeal to your Anglo Anglophile sensibilities. Well, whereas she like the, she was the novelist of New York, you know what right. I mean? She was the well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is that there's something about like being the novelist of New York that, um, again, like we're talking about with skins, there's this, it's, it's, it's Atlantic, right? It's, there's an Atlantic connection. Whereas Dreiser is right in the, right. He, he's in the, the cremaster field of America, right? He's in, he's in, he's in Chi town. Sure. Um, you know, well, here's uh, the, I mean, here's the thing, like Edith Wharton a little bit with, and, and Edith Wharton was satirizing it, but, uh, she partook, uh, in creating, um, in Age of Innocence, what's her name? Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Ellen Olenska, the Countess Olenska, um, went, to, uh, went to Europe, got married, mm -hmm. and was mm -hmm. in her, like, and her husband had a harem, it's kind of implied, and, like, was not faithful to her. And, you know, came, came rushing back to New York, a fallen woman, as it were, because, she, because her husband had, uh, oh, God, I forget the plot now, divorced her, cheated on her, something, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so she's lost all this, all this social club, but like, you know, good upright America and, uh, and bad Europe is something that, that goes into this. Freud actually has, I may have mentioned this already on this show, but Freud has a, uh, has a kind of throwaway passage in one of his letters where he, he, uh, compares America unfavorably with Europe, uh, w when he compares an American flirtation, uh, where everyone knows that nothing is going to happen with a, a European love affair where mm. everyone must keep in mind the serious consequences of um, uh, you know of what could what could happen I think that's, that's very interesting I think that in some ways I feel like that we should we should we'll probably pick this up next week because I think we're going to see Blair and the and the prince again um, and that the, it seems to be that what you just described is going to be relevant to kind of unpacking that relationship and the ways in which it, it very obviously um, will not work out because in some sense what you actually have is that this turns it on its head right that this is you know Blair and the prince will turn out to be um, a European flirtation, um, as as Blair's had many European flirtations, right? That she is always flirting with the idea of of France, of of aristocracy, um, in one way or another, whether it's an actual romance, um, you know, the idea of marrying nobility, marrying royalty, as opposed to the American love affair with Chuck Bass, right? Um, you know, and so Blair is psychologically ill suited to the to the role that she has, to the social position that she has, right? And she kind of needs this even older world, um, yes. you know, uh, validation of, of her position. You know, it's kind of not enough. 
it, she's kind of like new money. You know what I mean? It's kind, it's, it's kind yeah. of not enough. That like as, as as Wallace Shawn would say, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that shit, man. That's some deep cut. That's some season. That's some season two shit right yeah, there. Right. Absolutely. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, man. All right, sorry. Go. <laughs> I li- yeah, I like their I like their first albums, but the you know the recent stuff is so commercial. It is. Just like Weezer. Go on. <laughs> uh, uh, right, that she needs to reach out to some kind of long-established uh, tradition of nobility to to validate her, to to um, confirm what she hopes to be true, but uh, secretly fears is not, uh, which is that she's better than other people. Right, right. That's very interesting. Right, that is that. I mean, it's really interesting that it's a it's a weird, almost version of. It kind of turns Calvinism on its head in a weird way, right? So that she believes that she is part of an elect, um, but rather than you know, you know, demonstrating this through work per, per se, it is through like her work is um, is society and the maintenance of of, of and and uh, you know aspirations of certain societal relationships, right? And so it's a very so she still wants to kind of demonstrate that she is among the elect, and so there's a kind of you know, Protestant work ethic um, involved in what she's doing, but it's not about labor in any way, right? It's about social work. Right. And and just to clarify, you don't mean social work in the, the sort of social work that you can get a, like a master's in. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, she is, she is really working in the way that, that Tony – I mean, right. in, the, in the way that Tony was a social artist, right? She is a – Blair is a social worker. <laughs> well, right. And that's and, – and Serena is a social artist. And I mean, as you can say, it's kind of a tired commonplace. But like if you have to work at it too hard, you're not all that attractive, you know? And that's why, you know, that's why Serena eclipses Blair at, um, at every opportunity. I think, mm. I mean, here, here's, try this little moment on for size. Uh, Blair's work is a luxury good. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Um, could you please unpack that? <laughs> well, uh, the, the idea that um, uh, even to be in a position where you can focus on uh, mm-hmm. maintaining your place in society um, means that you are above... Uh, yeah, that is, you are, you have sort of uh, classed yourself out of economically classed yourself out of what any of the rest of us would consider work. You know, which is right. which is to say, labor uh, that we would not. Uh, labor that we undertake for a wage uh, that we would not necessarily yeah, yeah. undertake otherwise. Well, it's, it's very interesting. Is that, um, it reminds me of a scene from um, the MTV reality show The City, um, which is kind of a a bit of a real world gossip girl, right? Or you know, in, in the way that, given that it is a offshoot of The Hills, which is an offshoot of. Um, Oh, oh, Laguna Beach, Beach, which is an offshoot, which 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 is like a real world uh, OC. Um, There's a. Two of the the socialite characters uh, are are talking about work uh, on one episode of the city. Uh, the early uh, Olivia Palermo, who's a um, you know kind of a real world um, Serena Vanderwoodson, um, uh, is talking to her cousin. He's like, "Yeah, I need to get a job." She's like, "Yeah, you know, a job. Otherwise, you just get so bored without a job." 
Um, and 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 in some sense, right? It, it fits with what you're saying. Is that in some sense a job that is like you know working for a fashion company is in this world also a luxury good? Sure. Because um, you don't need you can be an intern, right? You can be a 30 year old intern um, because it's like you have to go to parties. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know what? Don't knock it. Like uh, working in entertainment, there are a lot of 30 year old and interns. Well, that's but that's a little that's a little bit different right this is a like a 30 year old who is an intern in a different uh industry like every year um and is an intern because like um she doesn't need a paid job well and also that but uh, i mean that gets to a whole other fiction about work in that you know all of these mtv reality shows um whether it's the the more docu uh docu soap opera uh, ones in the style of the hills or the more real world style and now Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore style MTV makes most of them work a job which is like this interesting like meta show because their job is being on the show right is being entertaining on this reality show because they get paid um, a fair amount per episode um, and yet they also then have to right it's like Jal um, playing playing the clarinet right that there's like this interesting performative aspect of um, you know pretending to to have this job of like working in a gelato shop on the Jersey Shore or you know working for Elle magazine uh, on the city and I actually uh, I think that the reason for that gets at something that we're talking about about gossip girl because if it's just about musical beds then um, then the possibilities the dramatic possibilities are limited but right. with, a, with a job I mean you'll notice that these jobs are not structured the way a lot of jobs are structured which are you know long periods of drudgery long periods of more of the same with one or two kind of crisis points uh, mm-hmm. every week is a crisis point and the show is structured around the crisis point you know what I mean you have to get the you know the caterer canceled for the fashion show tonight and you've got to get the new caterer or things like this and so these things are, are you know uh, it turns out as constructed as the challenges in Top Chef um, they're a game it's a, you know what I mean it's, it's job as a game as a series of as a series of um, uh, sort of seeming crises but ultimately inconsequential challenges which is interesting because it's a little – I mean that's going to take us in a different place. But in some ways it cycles us back to um, Mad Men, right? Because Mad Men, especially in this season, has returned to being a, a workplace drama. Um, and I think is part of why it has been so interesting and satisfying in a lot of ways, right? It's about the structure of – you know, it's it's – there are crisis points in the in the world of Mad Men. But it's really about, you know – Work as life, life as work. And, like, you know, in some sense, right, it, it almost turns marks on its head that, like, the alienation happens in the private life, right? And that work, actually, in some, in some spaces, in, at least in the world of Mad Men, is, is, the, is like, the least alienated part of um, modern or the, like, kind of emerging postmodern life, right? That, that if you are in a, um, if your work is involved in the production of meaning, that that is the least alienated um, labor that you can do, and the least alienated like aspect of life, um, in a, in a sense, um, and and that's a very different um, sense for. Uh, I mean, I I think we can. Um, I think we'll be able to return to this um, throughout the season of Gossip Girl because I think school is going to come into a lot more play um, again. School in college in a college sense because now they've lined it up that. Um, 
all everyone but Dan and Vanessa are are, are at Columbia, right? So we're going to be seeing a lot more a lot more of Columbia and Chuck, but he he transcends college. Oh right, yes, being, that's, being dead, he transcends this mortal. Course. He, he and would you would you like to transcend things with us? Would you like to get back on the horse? Uh, would you like to um, create the construct the chromaster uh, field? If you'd like to do all of those things, get in touch with us. Um, leave us a voicemail uh, or send us a a text message, um, a, a overthought uh, text uh, to two zero three two eight five six four zero one. That's twenty fat jago one. Um, you know, at reply us on the uh, on the twitters uh, at TFT podcast. Uh, shoot us an email TFT podcast at uh, at overthinking it dot com. Um, leave a leave a message in the show notes. Let's uh, you know. Let's get the uh, conversation going again. Um, no, we're back. Think, we're back for Gossip Girl this week, and we're back for Glee next week. Yeah, let's hit Glee hard next week. And I, you know, let's um, you know, uh, gleeful folks, if you still listen, um, uh, hit us up. Um, but if not, we'll be we'll be hitting you up anyhow. And uh, trying to get you on uh, with us to, to break down the um, hey help the, us, the, the uh, help us um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from the show we got some emails from people who say you know no one none of my friends actually from actual some actual real fucking teenagers right none of my friends uh, we don't know if they're fucking well no and if you're not that's a valid life choice <laughs> the first time is special losers <laughs> god damn it <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> fans who stick around um there are well actually our 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 listenership has been growing because i you know i see the numbers and um and i think a lot of people we've gotten some emails that are like hey uh i i really appreciate this show um uh, you know i i think these things about pop culture but i have no one to talk about them with and so uh you know so i'm really grateful to to find the show these are you know these are overthinkers in training i'm really gratified that our yeah. our work is is reaching them uh, and i, I want to just on that note i want to give a quick shout out to cat i know we haven't uh, yeah. read cat's emails for a while but cat has been a loyal listener has some um i think maybe in the, within the next few weeks you know she is, is is developing a grand unified theory of of teen soap operas that hopefully we'll get to uh, as we get back into our, our main text. Yeah. And actually a uh, shout out too. I mean, uh, uh, well, we wanted to make, uh, we wanted to highlight cat especially, but sh- shout out too to Gab who had her first overthinking. Oh yeah. Po- po- All, and about matriarchy and glee. So hopefully we'll get to return to that as well next week. Um, and a shout out to all the listeners, but those are two who have but been, if, you know, long-term long-time supporters. If you are, uh, if you are new, we're, we're just as glad to have you share this podcast, please do us a favor, share it with a, with a friend, go viral with this shit, put it on the Facebooks and the Twitters, you know, so that your uh, so that your friends know, um, what we're, what we're doing here we yeah, we'd like yeah. to, we'd like to reach more people and then come to overthinkingit.com and you know let's discuss this let's uh you know we, we this is not just a lecture it's a lecture it's an hour lecture with a dis- weekly discussion section that's absolutely and and you know and if you make us viral um if we blow up i guarantee you if you were a uh, an early adopter um I, I i guarantee that i will like personally make you a t-shirt that says um I like the t- I like these fucking teenagers demo tape, um, and because you are like you're, in some ways this is a a one year long demo tape, um, and man when we sell out it's gonna be it's gonna sound awesome but you'll know that you were there back when we were uh, back when we were in an experimental noise collective you know. <laughs> Back when we were, we, we were just an emerging, an emerging gonad. Back when even we were these, these fucking teenagers. teenagers.